Hello and welcome to a new episode of Doctrine and Doxology. It is good to be back. This is Skylar Spradlin, the voice that you are hearing, joined with Larry Jones, the one and the only Larry Jones. What a lie. Well, there's Don't lots of people off. named Larry oh, okay. Jones, but you are the only Larry Jones that I know. Okay, that's good, because I know personal experience, many people carry the same moniker that I carry. Yeah, but none of them are anywhere close to you. That's right. My you fingerprints are different. are in a league by yourself, my friend. I'm glad to be there. Me too. I'm glad to be back. I was in Kansas City last week. Yeah. Which explains the reason we didn't have a podcast. And we had another event at the end of last week, which was very, very important and good. What was that event? Give them a shout out. I'll give you a shout out. Not me, but. (laughs) Well. Them. uh, I don't know their correct name, but they are a Bible museum. The Enduring Word Bible Museum. Yes. The Enduring Word Bible Museum. Out of Weatherford, Texas. And they are a, a Super nice uh, individual, and he graciously comes he and anywhere wife. that he has asked to come to. For free. For free to to share with uh, the world uh, biblical relics. Uh, King James Bible, original King James Bibles. You're just putting words together, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yeah, legitimate artifacts. Legitimate artifacts that help you realize the importance of God's Word and the price that was paid to get it to us today. Absolutely. It's uh, a great exhibit that shows uh, how we got God's Word and how God has preserved His Word through the centuries. So this kind of continual picture of preservation um, with all the legitimate artifacts from before the time of Christ. We're talking the Old Testament times. Right, right. uh, All the way through to modern times with a rec- replica of a Gutenberg press yep. so that uh, compress the, so that they can print pages from something <laughs> for yep. all the little kitties and all the little kitties at heart. Yeah, they have a page from the first Gutenberg Bible printed and uh, that's the page you print on the replica. Okay. Yeah. It's just really I couldn't neat. read it. So, no, it's in Latin. Okay, that's why. Uh, but I it, knew there was something. I'm not sure what it was. really is a great um, museum. We can get you their contact information if you are so interested. Again, they go to any place that they're invited uh, for free. For and, free. Uh, it's, it is really neat. But that took up last week, the end of last week. So Kansas City, the first part, first half. Right, right. Bible Museum, the last half here in our town. But we didn't go on a like a vacation to the beach or anything and i wish leave you guys hanging out there it's been a long time since i've been to the beach we could uh we could actually take this recording equipment with us the next time we go to the beach and we can record there then what are we doing here (laughs) i don't don't, well we have other obligations you know i guess we have church tonight for instance you know prayer meeting yes a revival of the prayer meeting yeah, that's been pretty good in our church. We've been praying more. Yeah, I'm... Uh, but still incorporating a lot of uh, biblical study with it. Yeah. Not study, but I don't know what you would call it. 
discussion. Biblical discussion, yeah. Picking out verses that apply. To the prayer request. To the prayer request, yes. And then praying those verses for that request. That's exactly right. Yeah. I've, I couldn't uh, have said it better. I know. And I'm <laughs> getting more and more convinced, convicted maybe, that it's one of the best things we do. Anyways, I don't know how we got there. We want to be here, and I want to talk about what you want to talk about, because yes. I think it's an awesome subject that we're going to talk about. I think it is the most important subject to humanity. Yes. And that is the atonement. That's a big word. It is a big Chancho. word with a lot of parts in it. What does it mean? What does it mean? Um, I can give you a... It sounds Latin. Atonement. There's a lot of songs. I could sing a couple. Please don't. Okay. Just to find the word. The atonement is the work of Christ, is the work Christ did in his life and death to earn our salvation, according to Grudem. Well, that's what the atonement is. That's what it is. What's the word atonement mean? Atonement full applied to Not me. Not that. Okay. Now we're getting into copyright issues. Okay. Um, the dictionary defines atonement as satisfaction or reparation for a wrong or injury. Yes, it does. Uh, reconciliation or agreement. Amends. The doctrine concerning the reconciliation of God and humankind, especially as accomplished through the life, suffering, and death of Christ. Yes. So, there you go. A little taste of the dictionary today. Reparation means the act or process of making amends. Hmm. You had that one written down, but you didn't have atonement written down? Yeah, atonement, the work that Christ did in his life and death to earn our salvation. Okay, so the that's the Christian usage of the word, the atonement. Right. Atonement itself means kind of making amends, reconciling, making reparations. So that leads us to believe that there may be a reason we need to be reconciled to God. Right. It's, yeah, it takes us back to our discussion on the fall. We've sinned. We've yeah. broken our fellowship and relationship with God. The Bible actually says sinners are the enemies of God. Yeah. And so how do we get uh, right with God? But you don't how do think we, that. How do we reconcile with God? You'd ask a sinner, are you an enemy of God? And you go, they would go, no. Well, not in, in our part of the world, that's right. Yeah. Some people want to be an enemy of God. On purpose? Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. Why would you want to be an enemy of God? Well, the atheist. If, unless you're an atheist. and Or the Satanist. Yeah, they definitely are enemies, yes. So there's some out there who want to be enemies of God. Some don't care. In our context of the Bible Belt of the United right, States, right. most would say, like you said, no, I'm of not an enemy not. of God. We're not enemies. I prayed a prayer. I was baptized. I went to church camp. My grandma went to church. And I may not, I'm, I'm I a may good not person. be a, what you would call a believer, but my family was. Yeah, and My I've great been, granddaddy was a preacher. Why would God hate me? Didn't he love I'm, everyone? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I've done everything good. Sure. Have you ever done anything wrong? No. Are you wicked? No. You ever told a lie? Yes. Yeah, well, maybe. 
Yeah. Anyways. Are we going to go through that? Yeah. The Bible does regard us as enemies if we're not in Christ. Yes, we are. And so how we are reconciled to God is through the work of Christ. Correct. But that word work of or phrase, work of Christ, I think needs to be expanded beyond what I we think it does too. normally think. I think we need to, you, you can go all the way back to before creation. Well, because no. this was God's plan, the plan of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Don't to say bring covenant. Salvation to humanity because he knew we would sin. Yes. Would need to be brought back to him. Yes. Let's not go back that far just for time reasons. Because that happened a long, long, long time ago. But let's expand our consideration of the work of Christ to at least his taking on of human flesh, his perfect life. Yes. His crucifixion, death, and resurrection. You did it. And ascension. And ascension. And ascension. That's the whole process right there. And his return. And I guess I think the big error out there is we don't recognize in our in our minds and in our hearts the great price that was paid for our salvation if we did we would be totally devoted to our god and savior yeah i I think yeah i think that's really good and we don't realize that 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 price was was being secured from the moment of his birth yeah I mean, we think about the price being paid on the cross, and the Bible, the New Testament, does talk about it that way. Yes. But but we're also, we need to consider the righteous life of Christ. The, he lived sinlessly to be yes. the perfect, spotless lamb sacrificed on the cross. That's right. So you think, I was just reading yesterday, I think, Matthew uh, 4, uh, the temptation in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah, I remember and, that. Um, the fact that Jesus didn't cave to any temptation. Even hunger. He resisted temptation. And he he was fully man. We That's a past episode we talked about, but fully man. So temptation was real. Yes. And he lived in this fallen world with all the vices around him, just like you and I. But yet he was fully God and could have done anything he wanted to do. He but could he, have made those rocks that look like loaves of bread into real bread and ate it. But he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. He made himself nothing. Made himself right. a servant, a human. And, and any so time he, he endured used his life. ability to do a, a miracle, he did it for the benefit of others. Never for never for himself. I think that's well, yeah. That's what separates him from all the other re- religious leaders in the in the world. I would say kind of. Kind of. Well, I mean, he wasn't selfish. He didn't he didn't do miracles to get selfish gain, but he also did those works to glorify himself and corroborate his message. Yes. But it was at the the need of others. Yeah, it he was, healed the leper. It was the at, leper needed to be healed. It was at the physical benefit of others. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what I was going for. Yeah. A lot of the other people they they would uh well, I'm going to rob this caravan so I can have goods. Goods. Or I'm going to create a religion where I can have multiple wives. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Jesus didn't do that. No. He served others. He did. And so that perfect sinless life 
um, life of service is what makes the the cross. I don't, I don't. I'm going blank on the word successful. It's not really the right word. Yeah, accomplished. Accomplished um, the purpose. Satisfactory. That's what I meant. I know satisfactory kind of has a, sometimes you go, eh, that's a C. It's satisfactory. Well, I mean it in the sense of it. It was. You completed fully. Sufficient. What God required. Yes. And I can't, I think it's neat because the story is all the way through the Bible. Yes. You start with, uh, you know, creation and go up through uh, God's plan to bring people to himself during the time of Moses. Uh the mm-hmm. Levitical laws, mm-hmm. the shedding of blood for the remission of sin in Leviticus 17. I think that's one of my favorite verses, that it is that the blood is for the atonement. Mm-hmm. Let me read that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 17.11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for you for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. So, you know, that's the way God set it up from the very beginning. The sacrificial uh, off- offering of a, a bull or a ram to make atonement for one year. Yeah. And it took care of the family's sins for one year. And then this carried on and on and on. And then the when Jesus came, he made atonement once for all. Yeah, that's actually what I'm looking at here in Hebrews 10. I was looking for the passage of... Uh, um, There's a Hebrews 9. Yeah, Hebrews 9. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater, more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, right. he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Eternal. Not annual, eternal Eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Amen. Hallelujah. Let me skip over to chapter 10. Since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? Since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins? But in these sacrifices, there's a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. And burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. Anyways, it goes on to say that Jesus is the one who has paid the ultimate eternal price for our salvation eternal yeah, salvation yeah. with his own blood yeah but, but it's great isn't it i it is and i i keep wanting to come back to that phrase he was the uh how did hebrews 9 say it offered himself without blemish to god right it uh, reflects on the holy life that he lived yes a sinless life so that when he did 
come to that point of uh, giving his life for the sins of mankind. He was a perfect sacrifice. Yes. I need to get this book because I read it today and I want to okay, read it Okay, I want to talk about four things. I'm already back. Okay, never mind. How about one and a half things? <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, well, the first one um, that Gruden brought out is we deserve to die as the penalty for sin. We deserve it. But Jesus became our sacrifice, and he took that, that penalty. And we deserve to bear God's wrath against sin. And then Jesus was our propitiation, one of our favorite words, for our sin. He took our place. We are separated from God by our sins. And then there we have the word reconciliation. He reconciled us back to God because we were separated. You know why? Because of our sins. Yes. <laughs> and we were in bondage of sin. So then we have redemption. He paid the ransom price to redeem us from that bondage. I heard the last two words of all that. Reconcile and redemption. Well, he uses the four words, sacrifice, propitiation, reconciliation, and redemption. Who? Who Who said that? He uses those words to, to say what? Grudem said that. To define atonement? Uh, to answer the four statements that he made, that we deserve to die, uh, we deserve to bear God's wrath, oh, we're yeah. separated from God, and we're in bondage to sin. Okay. So there you go. I made my spiel. I thought that was good. It's not bad. I only heard part because I was looking up this stuff in the book. One crack bind. It's <laughs> very true. <laughs> Should I read this? Sure. It's from the Heidelberg Confession. Okay. Who is the mediator between us and God? Who is the mediator, true God, and at the same time a true and righteous man? Answer, our Lord Jesus Christ. Who, has, who was given to us for our complete deliverance and righteousness. Yeah, complete. Question, how do you come to know this? Answer, the Holy Gospel tells me. God himself began to reveal the gospel already in paradise. That's Eden. Later, he proclaimed it in the Holy Patriarchs and Prophets, and he foreshadowed it by the sacrifices and other ceremonies of the law. Yeah. And finally, he fulfilled it through his own beloved son. I like the way you pause there. The only beloved son. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Emphasis. Um, so uh, what made me think about that was blood and uh, blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a heifer. They don't purify for eternity. Right, eternity. Right. They foreshadow one who will offer himself without blemish, just like those other sacrifices of the Old Testament. But this sacrifice is a much better sacrifice, an eternal one, securing an eternal, an eternal one, yeah. redemption. That's Jesus. And so uh, that phrase without blemish is really where I was coming from again. Yeah. Yeah. It's really amazing. The amazing plan of God from creation of before creation of time with our names written in the book of life before creation of time, mm-hmm. not him all-knowing events of the future, uh, yeah. not being bound by the time as we are. Yeah. Uh, 
it's a great, great, Wonderful. great salvation. It's a great blessing from God for us. Perhaps we should focus a little bit more now, kind of where you were at on those four things, of the result of the atonement. I mean, okay. the need we've covered in another episode, we've talked about the fall of humanity and sin. Right, right. We've. I feel like I've spent a lot of time today talking about the righteousness of Christ, that he's, he lived a perfect life without right, blemish. Right. That's what we, you and I have been talking about, and I keep bringing us back there. But what, what does the atonement actually offer us when we say reconciled to God? I mean, what does that exactly mean? What does it mean? It means we were once enemies. Well, I know, th- I know that. We were separated from God because of our sin, and now we're brought back to God only through the the blood of the offering of Christ. Right. So it highlights our need that we're separate from God. Right. But on this side of the atonement, on the other side, what does the reconciliation (laughs) look like? Well, I mean, you have the cross in the middle. On one side, you're separated from God because of sin. After the cross of Christ and through faith in Jesus, you're now reconciled to God. Right. What What does that reconciliation look like now? To me, it, it looks like a intimate, constant relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I go to him in prayer. I'm, I'm welcomed into his presence. I'm asked to come into his presence. And I can go in there on the righteousness of Christ and commune with him, mm-hmm. fellowship with him. He lives within me now, mm-hmm. and I walk with him every day. I mean, it. And that goes all the way into eternity. Yeah, I think that's a, a wonderful way to state it. Uh, you think about God as our Father, and we now have a personal relationship yeah. with our Father. That's what I was trying to say. Well, you did <laughs> say it, and it was really good. And I like the I like that you said we have fellowship with Him. Uh, and that's that's something that I don't know. We probably toss around a lot in the church, but right. maybe don't meditate much on this personal aspect that we can actually commune with and interact with and fellowship with God right as a father yeah commune is a big word uh to yeah, me it means fellowship is I talk to him he talks to me yeah he speaks to me through his word you know and it gives me a hunger and thirst for his word so I can get into it every morning and 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 learn more about him and uh, let God's word conform my life to the way he wants me to live yeah it's good so the atonement is the very bedrock. It's the center stone of Christianity. Yeah. It is the answer to man's greatest, humanity's greatest dilemma yeah. and problem. And it's the climax, the, the culminating point of all of God's redemptive plan. Yes, it is. For and it's, it's what we'll base our eternity on, too. Sure, and it happens in the individual when that person like in... Uh, when Jesus speaks to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Hmm. It's that born again experience where there's now it's an old man over here, lost in sin, enemies of God, and now I'm a new man. Yeah, I've been born again. I'm a child of God. Yeah, and I have a fellowship relationship with Him, and will for eternity. Yeah. So it being the kind of center bedrock you know, culminating point of Christianity, there's always so much more we could say because all of the Bible is about Christ and Christ is interacting with us as 
creator, God, redeemer. Yes. And so everything is pointing to this atonement that he's going to offer. In fact, that's that's the the whole premise of the new covenant, right? I will remember yeah. their sins no more. Right. Jeremiah 31. And so I'm just saying there's always more we could say about the subject. Okay, Ezekiel 16:62. I have one more verse here. Do it. Um I will establish my covenant with you and you shall know that I am the Lord that you may re- remember and be confounded and never open your mouths again because of your shame when I atone for you for all that you have done declares the Lord God. Just, I like that part because it's a, a promise from God that he is going to atone for us yeah. and not rely on the uh, animal sacrifice or anything else, but he himself will atone for you. It makes me think of John chapter 1 when John the Baptist sees Jesus coming and he shouts out, Behold, the Lamb of, the God, Lamb of God yeah, who takes away the sin of the world. Yeah, absolutely. That's the atonement. Yeah, we, we rejoice in all, all these verses and it, and it makes me... Uh, wonder what a lost person would think if they heard us re- rejoicing over these verses. What does that really mean to them? And, yeah. And hopefully God speaks to their to them and calls them into his presence and they become his. Well, and hopefully uh, believers who are listening and uh, will take the time to continue to study and think and meditate on this subject. Right. I mean, this is the reason that they're a Christian. And so it it will be the depths of it will be explored for eternity right, of the meaning right. and the impact and the glory of Christ offering himself for our sins so that we can be reconciled with God. Uh, it, it induces worship in us and praise right, and thanksgiving right. and humility and curiosity. And we should be awe inspired of God. Sure. Uh, this is really how we relate to God. And so, yeah, I hope any Christians out there, um, you'll spend some time thinking on these things and even diving deeper and deeper into this subject. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Romans. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. Free through. gift. Yes, for free. For free. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we would love to hear from you if you have something to contribute to the conversation or some kind of question to ask. You can find us and reach out to us at our website, DoctrineDoxology.com. There you can also find our social media links to uh, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter. Uh, As always, you can contact us directly through that website. You can find other resources there and past podcast episodes. One final thought is if you are uh, looking to invest in kingdom causes, would you consider Doctrine and Doxology? We can take donations now, and all donations go strictly for our pastor's cohort where we get good, solid biblical resources books into the hands of pastors and church leaders who otherwise might not have access to them. Uh, And so that's a ministry we care deeply about if you would consider it. Uh, that is one we think God might honor. Yeah, as in all as in all of your offerings to God, I think you need to seek God out. Say, oh, God, yeah. would you have me? Is this something you want me to help with? Well, some of that we know the answer to. He wants you to give to the church. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, oh, yeah. he's said that in his word. Yeah. But some of these other things, you gave me some of the best advice as a young guy. <laughs> Good. What was it? I don't remember. You said <laughs> uh, it, it was super profound to me at the time. Uh, now that I repeat it, it's less profound, but it, it still has <laughs> the same impact to me. But you, you just said, we were talking about these things, and you said, you can't give to every good cause. That's Well, I hope I did it better than that. No, that was it. And oh. I remember that was the first time I heard that, and it was relieving from uh, me from a lot of guilt because I, you know, I saw all these good things as a college student that I wanted to be a right, part of, right. and you just said, you can't give to everything that's good, or you, you'll you can be only the one. give to the ones that God leads you to give to. Yeah, and you did go on to explain. You said, "Oh, you'll be the one in need." I mean, if if you give to everything that's good, then eventually you'll no. have nothing. And, and I didn't think I ever had very much profoundness. Well, originating from me, probably not. If, probably something I heard somewhere. If the lost high priest it was good. It was during the else. time of Jesus can prophesy. Okay. It's better for one man to be sacrificed than for the whole nation. Right. If the Lord can make a donkey speak. <laughs> now you've gone too far already. I'm just saying. Then Larry has <laughs> profound statements for sure. Well, all I know is I'm a sinner and I've been redeemed. Praise God for Praise the atonement. Praise God for that. Yeah. Okay, let me dismiss this in prayer. Or That's really not the right word. Let me pray as we uh, sign off. <laughs> All right, Father, we are grateful, thankful because of the great and wonderful salvation you've given us. Thank you for this opportunity to uh, talk about your wonderful love on the air, and I pray that it touches hearts. I pray it, uh, you use it for your glory. I pray you use us for your glory. Please guide our lives. Help us to be bold in our sharing of your love with others and help us to walk faithfully. We love you. Thank you so much for your love for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.